Amen. So good to sing things that are true and to hear things sung that we know are true as well, that we have a God who is with us always and so we can trust Him. And so thank you for sharing that song with us. We are uh, in Romans now. We have been in Romans for a few weeks. Uh, Just to again to let you know what's coming, we uh, are going to finish up our first four chapters of Romans next week. Next week we're going through all of chapter 4. And then we're going to do something in John for Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. And then we're going to take a break from Romans. We're going to get back into the book of Romans in the fall. But for the summer months, we will be in in April, I guess if you count that as summer months, we're going to start in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. And and I think a very shift um, from where we've been in Romans. Um, But I think I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how God works in and through us as we go through that book. And so that's where we're at. Uh, you can open up in your Bible if you have it with you uh, to Romans chapter 3. Today we're looking at just the end of Romans 3 verses 27 to 31. I mentioned uh, earlier that uh, that in this season where if you read a lot or watch a lot anywhere, you're going to hear a lot of boasting uh, as those who are running for office are trying to convince everybody else that they have it all together, and they are the one that's going to turn things around and make things better than they are right now. So a lot of boasting uh, that we can hear, and and it's not just that. Like if if we'd be we'd be um, mistaken to think that those people that are running for office are the only ones who are guilty of boasting. We're all guilty in many ways. Many times we've learned how to kind of couch it, and so we, we, we can, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but we can we can make it sound like it's not boasting, but it's really boasting. We can have boastful thoughts, a boastful attitude in our mind, and boastful thoughts in our, in our minds, and so um, we're going to be talking about boasting a little bit today, and it follows looking at what we said last week, what some people have commented is the most important paragraph ever written. Uh, you can agree or disagree with that. Oh, they're all important as God inspired every word of Scripture. But last week we looked at Romans 3, 21 through 26. We were so excited to get there because starting in Romans 1:18 all the way through 3:20, Paul was just laying out bad news. Bad news, bad news, bad news. The bad news basically is summed up as there is a God and He is righteous, but all of us. Every single one of us, and because people had a hard time with that, Paul went over and over again to help people understand, no, I mean you too. It's not just him, it's you too. All of us are unrighteous, and we stand before a God who will judge us, and that God is righteous. And because of our unrighteousness, we are all alike under the wrath of God. So that's what we looked at in 118 all the way through 320. And he was just getting that point across over and over again. And we were so excited last week to finally turn the corner and hear the good news that, that we can be saved. That the righteous God has a plan for what he's going to do with unrighteous people so that not all will experience his wrath for their sin. We're going to go over some of that stuff again, actually, a little bit this week. But this week we're looking at verses 27 to 31. The big idea last week was that we're justified by faith alone. And so, 
what follows this week is kind of this, well, so what are you boasting about? Like, if you, if you didn't earn God's favor, if you didn't earn God's acceptance, if you didn't do something to work really hard in order to have God declare you righteous, then why would you brag about the fact that you've been declared righteous? Why would you brag about the fact that you've been made right with God? If God's the one that did that work, why are you bragging about it? And second, we're going to look at, at uh, well, you can look in your bulletin. There's The second point is listed there. We're not just justified by faith alone so we don't boast. We're also justified by faith. And we need to recognize so are all kinds of other people, right? We're not the only. So, so God can save whomever he wills, right? So, so, so get away from that understanding. Like, well, here's the kind of people that God saves. Here's the kind of people that are declared righteous by God. God declares all kinds of people righteous through faith in Jesus, right? Um, and then, and then we'll look at a final point, which is looking at, wait, so if you're not saved by following the law, can we just get rid of the law then? Can we just discard that? Are we done with that? Um, we'll look at that because Paul addresses that in the last verse. So if you're able to, would you stand? We stand together as we read God's word. I just stand and sit a lot today with uh, some of the technical difficulties earlier, but um, we're going we're gonna to read the word of God. Before we do that, I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to look at Romans 3, 27 to 31. So let's pray. Father, a lot a lot going on. Um, a lot going on in the world. A lot going on in my mind right now. A lot going on in our hearts and our lives. Um, but God, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, come uh, and, and help us now to focus in on what you have to say. What a gift it is that we have your word that you have breathed out word that you want us to hear. And so today, as we look at Romans 3, 27 to 31, help us to hear, help us to have minds that are ready to absorb, um, hearts that are ready to be molded and transformed as we hear your word. I can't make that happen by my preaching, but your Holy Spirit can make it happen. And so I pray that that would happen as we as we submit ourselves to you and your word for these next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at Romans 3. Starting in verse 27, here's the word of the Lord. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Well, yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. You can be seated. All right, so... Uh, we'll be able to get through this relatively quickly because it's a shorter passage. Like I said, next week, just so you know, if, if you're thinking, okay, so if he does like a half-hour sermon on five verses and next week is 25 verses, do the math on that. That makes it, well, like two and a half hours. Um, I won't. Uh, next week the sermon will not be two and a half hours, but we are going to get through a lot more next week. But we're going to take some time also to end things this week by by having the Lord's Supper together, by celebrating communion together. And so, so we're going to get through this one relatively quickly and then looking forward to uh, what God does as life groups meet in your homes throughout the week to dig in a little deeper to this 
Uh, and if you're, uh, if you're not in a life group, you want more information, uh, most of them would probably still be open to somebody joining in. So if you, you kind of like, uh, we never got into one, we'd like to be in one, let me know. All right, so Romans 3, first, first point is really verses, it's split up kind of like two verses, two verses, one verse. So that's the way we're going to look at it today. First two verses, first point is this. We are, or you are, justified by faith alone, so don't boast. Justified by faith alone, so don't boast. We saw that pretty clearly here in verses 27 and 28. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. So boasting, it's like it's excluded. There's no place for it. Why is there no place for boasting? By what kind of law? By a law of works? He says, no, because if it was by works, if you got your right standing with God because you had done all the right things, then go ahead, pat yourself on the back. Good for you. You worked hard to gain right standing with God, so go ahead and boast about it. But the reality is, we don't gain a right standing with God by works. We gain a right standing with God by faith. And if it comes by faith as a gift of God's grace, then we have no business boasting about the gift that we receive. Right? If you're a Christian, is it because you're smarter than all the other people who don't trust Jesus? If you're a Christian, is it because you're just a better person than all, than all the other people? No, that's not it at all. If you're a Christian, you've received the gift of God's grace through your faith in Jesus and had all the work that Christ accomplished through his death and resurrection applied to you. So our response isn't one of boasting in ourselves. It is to boast in him. But we need to hear this because, like I mentioned, it's so natural for us to boast. And we know, like you you know some people that maybe they're, they're not very good at hiding their boastfulness. And so they seem very arrogant. And so, so, so we like, well, I don't want to be like that. So we keep our boasting inside, right? Our boasting just happens in our, every once in a while it still slips out. But, but we figure out ways to boast that don't sound so boastful. Um, they, they recently coined a new word. Um, they do this sometimes. Uh, they, they coined a new word recently called humble brag. It's all one word, humble brag. Um, you see it very commonly uh, in social media, the humble brag. Here's, here's the definition of the humble brag. The humble brag is a statement in which you pretend to be modest, but which you are really using as a way of telling people about your success or achievements. Okay? So give me, let me give you a couple of examples. It would be something like, I really slipped up today when I ate a Hershey Kiss after going without chocolate for 40 days. Right? So I mean, you're, you're kinda, you sound modest, like, oh, look at I slipped up. But you're really trying to brag. I've gone, which is ridiculous. Who would ever do that anyway, right? Um, uh, that's nothing to brag about. Um, or uh, another one, like, I forgot how much it hurts to run 15 miles. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a nice way of you bragging to people that you just ran 15 miles. But you're like, oh, but it hurts. Like, okay, great. Um, I wrote down a couple more. I've spent the last three nights helping friends with their problems. I guess that's what I get for being such a good listener. <laughs> you know, like, like, oh, woe is me. I've just got to, but it's because I'm so good at it. You know, um, th- that kind of, oh, I wrote one more. It's really humbling to be told by so many people that I'm the best pastor they've ever had. You know, like, like if I, right? Like, man, so it's so humbling. That, that's, we, we, like, we, we want to say something boastful, but we, 
we, we know it's boastful, so we say it's humbling first, which doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Like, I'm really humbled by how many people love me. Uh, you know, I'm really humbled by all your support and encourage, like all that stuff. Okay, all right. That's that's the humble brag, and sometimes it's it's so obvious that we're boastful that it's kind of funny. But really, pride and boastfulness is not all that funny. Um, let me let me illustrate it and then show you some ways in in this this chapter that we've been looking at that we see this coming out. Illustration would be something like this. Let's say someone has a cancer growing in their body, cancer of some sort growing in their body, and it seems pretty evident that that's probably what it is. There's clear signs, but they refuse to go to a doctor, right? They they have this kind of stubborn pride, this boastful attitude that says, but I... But I'm, I'm healthy, I'm young, I eat the right food, I exercise, I feel good, I'm fine. But by refusing to go to the doctor to hear the bad news that there's something wrong in there, by refusing to do that, actually what's happening inside is the cancer is multiplying as they delay hearing the bad news and dealing with it. Same is true for us as humans, we have to bear, we have to hear the bad news about our sin, which is why Paul took chapter 118 through chapter 3, verse 20, to make sure that we understood the bad news. That, that maybe you don't want to hear this. Maybe you don't want to hear about your unrighteousness. Maybe you don't want to hear about the wrath of God. But you need to hear that news so that you would submit yourself to the treatment that only God can supply. Right? And so... A boastful, prideful kind of attitude is what can cause somebody to not submit themselves for treatment. So, so let me point out, three. last week we looked at three really big words that explain in, in that verses, verses whatever we were in last week, 20 through 21 through 26. Okay, There were three really big important words that we spent some time trying to get our minds around because they define what it is that Christ has done for us. And so, we tried really hard to get at all those. Let, let me just kind of put it out this way. Let, let's, uh, there, there's a slide. Um, here's my problem. I'm unrighteous. Okay? That was the problem that was laid out in the first part of the book of Romans. My problem, I'm unrighteous. God has done something about my problem. God has done something to deal with my problem. I'm unrighteous. God did something about that. It's called justification. That's the big word that we looked at last week. That is that God can take an unrighteous person and declare them to be righteous through the work that Jesus did and through faith in Him. Right? But a boastful attitude would say something like, listen, God's going to declare me righteous, but it's not because of what Christ has done. God's going to declare me righteous because really I'm pretty good compared to everybody else. That's a boastful, prideful attitude, and that kind of attitude prevents you from the humble response, which is submitting yourself to Christ, saying, I trust Jesus, and the only way that I'm going to be declared righteous by God is by trusting in Him and the work that He's done. That's all I got. That's a humble attitude, right? Second one that we looked at, second big word that we looked at in the passage from last week in the context here is this. My problem is I'm under God's wrath. We've seen that really all the way from 118 to 320. Our problem is that wonder of God, that's a big problem. God has a solution for that problem too. How does somebody who's under the wrath of God get moved out? 
because they're no longer under the wrath of God? Well, the big word we looked at last week was the word propitiation. Jesus came to be our propitiation, the one who would absorb the wrath of the Father aimed at our sin. As Jesus took our sin on himself, he absorbed the wrath. He is our propitiation. Now, a prideful response to the fact that I have a problem, that I'm under God's wrath, is to say, well, whatever, I don't believe that God's wrathful. I don't deserve God's wrath. You can have all sorts of responses to that that are prideful. But a humble response is, I trust Jesus who bore the wrath that I deserve. Last big word that we looked at last week in context here is this, redemption. Our problem is this, I am deep in debt and I'm a slave to sin. That's a problem. That, that sin is not something like, well, I can choose to do it or not do it whenever I want. Sin is something the Bible describes us as people being in bondage to it. We're slaves to sin. And so a prideful attitude is, well, I either I, I can I can buy my own way out or I don't owe anything. I'm not even a slave in the first place. But God, again, has done some work. It's called redemption, that Jesus, in his death, redeems us or buys us out of so that we can be released from our slavery to sin. Right? And so the humble response is to say, I can't pay. I can't pay the price. I can't get myself out of the situation I'm in. I'm in bondage to sin, and there's no hope that I have in myself to get myself out. But I believe that Jesus paid it all. So I trust in him. That's a humble response. So you can see, right, how how in order to receive God's justification by faith, you have to have this gift given to us by him of a humble heart. If you've got a stubborn, prideful heart before God, you're not going to receive the good gift that he gives to us in Christ. Scripture has a lot to say about boasting. If you want, you can. I got in the in the life group guide. You're going to spend some more time looking up scripture on boasting this week. There's some listed on the on the next slide, probably. I think um, as well some passages you can go to. If you want to read more scripture about boasting, boasting is something that, uh, like I mentioned, that was a theme that was running through our songs this week. Maybe you saw it. It was in every one of our songs that we sung that we sang together this morning. We, we sing about boasting because we just confess that we're not boasting in ourselves, we're boasting in the Lord. All right, second point is this. Second point, verses 29 and 30, Paul has more to say about justification by faith. And here's what it says, verses 29 and 30. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? And then he answers this question, yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Okay, so so you, so you get where he's coming from there? He's saying, listen, you're justified by faith, and everybody who's justified before God is also justified by faith. To those of you that maybe think that because you're Jewish, that you're made right with God because of your religion, because of your Jewishness, you need to know that whether you're circumcised and follow or whatever, you can only be justified by faith. And those of you that are Gentiles, there's not a different way for you. There's one God, and there's one way to be saved. For you to be saved, you need to trust in Jesus. The uncircumcised are also justified by faith. 
right? So, so really not, not a hard concept to understand. There's one God, one way to be justified. It's by faith. And so no matter what kind of people. Now, in that day, that was the big distinction. The big distinction in that day between people was some people were Jewish and some people were Gentile. Right? Gentile just meant not Jewish. Right? So, so that was the two categories. We use different categories to divide people up in our day. Jew and Gentile doesn't have as much meaning in our day to us. But we divide people up by age, by, by gender, by, by class, by nationality, whatever. Right? There's lots of ways that we can divide people up. But the big message is this, that God saves all kinds of people one way. He justifies us through faith. Right? So we're gonna do we're gonna do a little audience participation thing where where you give me the answer, okay, to help us understand it. So go ahead. She I actually put the answer up there, so it's really easy. If you can if you can read what's on the screen, then you can then you can do this. So I'm going to ask a question and put some stuff in the blank and then you answer the question. Okay? Can we do that together? So question is, how does an unrighteous Republican get justified? Excellent. And how does an unrighteous Democrat get justified? Okay. And how does an unrighteous Iowa State Cyclone fan get justified? And how does an unrighteous Iowa Hawkeye fan get justified? All right. How does an unrighteous senior citizen get justified? How does an unrighteous child get justified? Okay. All right. You can't get it. I mean, we could keep going. I could just, okay, okay stop. Um, we, we could just keep going, but but I want us to understand that's the message that Paul is trying to get across because people feel like they're confused about all this stuff. And he's like, it's not that confusing. It's really quite simple. One God, and he saves people in one way, and he justifies us through faith in Jesus. That's the way it works. Jew, Gentile, whatever whatever categories you want to – and if we're honest – often put people into categories, right? I mean, we, we, we categorize people. It's easy to do. We put people in categories before we even really know them well. So we look at somebody. We can put them in a category based on their skin color, based on their clothing, based on where they live, what job they have. Like, we, we put people in categories. But what if, here's a question I want us to think about. What would change if we saw people primarily? Now, we're going to see we're going to notice those things. It's not a bad thing to notice that there's a difference in skin color. There's a difference in culture. There's a, like it's not bad to notice those things, right? We're going to notice those things. But what if the first thing that we thought of when we saw people was not some things that we associate with whatever category, but the first thing we thought of when we saw anybody was this is somebody who God wants to justify by his grace through faith in Jesus. God could save this person. What if that was the way that we saw people? This is somebody whom God could save. That would change things, I think. What if we saw people first not as black or white, but as people who God could save? What if we saw people first not as homosexual or heterosexual, but somebody who God could save? What if we saw people not first as rich or poor, but somebody who God could save? That would change the way that we look at things, I think, a little bit. Because here's the good news. God can save people like us. That's good news. And God can save people that are not like us. And that's good news, too. And he does it one way. And those people repent of their sins, put their faith in Jesus. Okay? 
last point, and this one is the shortest out of all of them. We, we've, hit up, we've hit this before because Paul hit the, This was a huge deal. Uh, it must have been as he was writing to the people in Rome because it came up before already. Now it's coming up again. He's going to basically spend chapters 6 and 7 dealing with this in detail. So we're not going to deal with it in great detail now. But it does come up now, so we're going to deal with it a little bit. But the last verse, verse 31, last verse in chapter 3 says, Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? Right? Because the question is, so if we're not justified by works of the law, if we can't, like, follow the law perfectly enough in order to be saved, then what's the point of the law? Right? Do, do, we just, do we just get to throw it out? Do we overthrow this law by, this, by faith? And Paul's answer is, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Okay, so Paul, you're, just, you're trying to get this point across that nobody can be saved by following the law. Okay, so if we can't get saved that way, we're only saved through faith. Let's just get rid of the law then and trust in it. And he says, no, actually, we don't do that. We actually uphold the law. Like, well, how do you do both? I don't get it. This is confusing. This is why you'll spend two chapters looking at this in chapters 6 and 7, really. But the short answer to that is this. How, do, how is it that we uphold the law? If we're saved by faith in Jesus, how is it that we uphold the law? Look what Jesus says, Matthew 5.17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Right? So, so Jesus is saying, listen, some of you who are, who are, are hearing that, that we're just doing away, like, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm coming not to abolish it. I'm coming to be the fulfillment of the law. So we don't throw the law away when we trust in Jesus. We actually lift it up. If we're holding up, one of the ways that we kind of trample on the law is when we hold up our record and say that somehow our record is good enough to stand before God and be called righteous. What we do, if, 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 if we're a reflection of the law, we're a pretty poor reflection of the law. The law is the way that God reveals his righteous character to people. And we say, yeah, look at me, I do that well. That's a pretty poor reflection. But we actually uphold the law when we say, my hope is in the one who perfectly obeyed the law. Does that make sense? That, that the law is actually upheld and established and lifted up when we lift up Jesus and say, I couldn't do that. The, law's not, the, the problem isn't the law. The law isn't bad. I, I couldn't do that, but... Jesus could do it perfectly. And because he did it perfectly, my hope is in him. And so by trusting in Jesus, we're in effect upholding the law. All right, like I said, we're going to spend more time on that in verses or in chapter 6 and 7. Here's just kind of concluding application for us. Really, really good news is this. That justification, being made right with God, comes by faith. Good news. Application number one of that is stop boasting. Application number two of that is we recognize that it's a gift that's available to anyone. So you might be here this morning kind of thinking, okay, so I, so I get it. Like I'm surrounded here by a bunch of religious people. They know all these songs. 
maybe you even knew some of the songs you were singing along with us. You're like, really, in the end, I don't deserve to be made right with God. I am unworthy. And if that's where you're at today, like, join the club, right? That's where we're all at. Maybe we know a couple more songs than you know. Um, but we're all in the same spot that before God, if, 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 if what we're presenting to God is our own achievement, we've got nothing to boast in. And we've got a lot to be under God's wrath for. But if we come before God humbly and say, I've got nothing, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. That's all I got. We don't sing this song, uh, I haven't sung it since I've been here at least, but maybe you remember this song called Rock of Ages, where it says, not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demand. Could my zeal, no respite, no. Like, I could just be excited about Jesus forever. I could try really hard to follow the law. Could my tears forever flow. I could get really emotional. All for sin could not atone. Thou must go, thou alone. That's our only hope. That's the only hope that I have. That's the only hope that you have. If you're here today and you're just kind of wrestling with this, like you're hearing this, and you're like, man, I thought I thought I was going to have to just get my life together before God would accept me. And, and so you're saying that, that Jesus takes my mess and he gives me his righteousness. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's the good news. And so there is not I have to wait until some some other time. If you want to just, maybe you're here today, and maybe it's about that. Maybe it's just about something else in your life. You just want, I want to talk to somebody about some stuff. I want somebody to just pray for me. I got stuff going on in my life. Maybe it's I want to turn my life over to Jesus. Maybe it's maybe it's something totally different. I got this going on this week. I want somebody to pray for me. Or we have an elder and his wife um, ready to do that with anybody. So we tried this room last week, but it's kind of, it's weird back there. Um, and so, uh, so we're going to go down the hallway right here. Uh, like echoes in there and stuff like that. So uh, this first room down the hallway, if you just want somebody to pray for, you want to process through something with somebody, uh, Mark Guy and Linda Guy will be back there in a minute, and you can go down there and talk to them. So um, so that's one, one maybe application of this for you. I think the other thing uh, for us is this. We need to tell all kinds of people this good news. Because don't put people in categories like, well, I'm not going to share the gospel with them because I know what they think. We don't know. God saves all kinds of people, and he does it through faith in Jesus. And people come to believe in Jesus when somebody preaches to them the gospel of Jesus. So don't write anybody off. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. I'll just close with this, and then we'll have communion together. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. For our sake, for our sake, he made him, that's Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How, how do we attain God's righteousness? It's only by faith in Jesus. Jesus took our sin on himself so that we could be made righteous in God's sight.